Bekorim Perak Aleph Mishnah Base 1 2. In the previous Mishnah, we had said that if your produce didn't grow on land that was exclusively yours, then you cannot bring it as Bikurim. So here we bring the basis of that. It says, What is the reason why one may not bring his Bikurim if indeed the land on which it grew was not exclusively his? Because the Pasuk says, which means the first of your first fruits of your land and of your land, the operative word here being has to be your land. You only can bring it once all of the growth, the nourishment that went into that particular uh, fruit or grain was coming from exclusively your land. And therefore, says the Mishnah, if you have a, a person who is essentially a renter on property, as well as someone who's expropriated property that doesn't belong to them, I'll explain more in a second. They too cannot bring for the same reason. As the Pasuk says, As the Pasuk says, it has to be the first of your first fruits of your land. And these people have taken land or are, are getting produce that doesn't come from land that is theirs. So let's just discuss these four cases for a second. The Arisen and the, the Aris and the Chocher um, are, like I said, renters or people who are leasing the land. And Aris is someone who leases the land he's renting and the amount that he pays for his rent is variable it depends on how much produce he actually produces on his land so he comes to contract he says to the landowner i will work the land that you own and i will share with you a portion of the produce like let's say we'll split it 50 50 whatever the case may be a choke on the other hand is someone um who is a, a tenant farmer um, that is say he is also renting the land and they strike a deal with the landowner saying that I'll give you a fixed amount of rent, but of course this person is a subsistence farmer. I haven't got money to lay out for the rent, and therefore he'll say, I'll give you you know, a fixed amount, let's say you know, 10 bushels of wheat um, at the end of the season. So an aris, a sharecropper, agrees to, to um, give a portion, a share of the produce, uh, and a choker is someone who agrees to give a fixed amount as rent of the produce. Sikrikon are... Um, really non-Jews that were bipashas, that were expropriating, the, like mafia, it was a mafia situation where they would essentially force the landowner to sell them the land or they would just take the land away from them. Um, the Gemara in, in the Gittin says, Sakrikon is a, a notricon, it's like a portmanteau, it's a a um, couple words smushed together, so it stands for Sa Karka Vanicheni, which means um, just take the land and leave me alone. Because the idea was that these mafiosos would say, essentially, I'm taking your land, like it or not. And if you don't like it, I'll give you an offer you can't refuse. Take the money and walk away, or else I'll kill you. So that's a sacricon, who essentially have expropriated the landowner, and therefore it's not really their own land that they're growing the land on. It's the farmer who they expropriated. And the gazlan is someone who actually steals the land. Um, there's a general principle you actually cannot steal land under normal circumstances. So either it means someone who, indeed, one or the other, you know, um, managed to take land that didn't belong to them, perhaps in a way that the landowner would never be able to get it back because it's been so long, or whatever it is. Um, another possibility is that the Gazan, someone who didn't steal the land, but stole, let's say, the, the tree itself, and then transplanted that tree, um, or the branch of the tree, whatever it is, onto his own property. In both those cases, again, since um, the land doesn't belong to the person to whom is now owning the fruit, so that person may not bring the Bikurim because it's not from their land. A really fascinating thing to point out. Chazanish speaks out. 
that according to the Pshat, that a gazlan is someone who steals, let's say, the branch and transplants it in his property. So the normal rule is that when one steals something, there's a rule that shinu is kona, that if the article that was stolen has now been totally transformed, so the thief owns that transformed article, he just has to pay back the financial, the economic equivalent of what he stole. So for example, if I steal a tree from you, and then I turn the tree into a table, turn the wood into a table from the tree, so the table is mine, you have no claim to the table, I just have to repay you the value of the tree, etc. Um, so that's always the case. The question there is, how come over here, we don't say if a person steals a tree and then fruit grows on that tree, that's certainly that fruit is a, is a radical development and transformation from the original stolen tree, so it should belong in rights to the thief, the fruit itself. So the question is then, if it grew on his land and it is now his fruit, why can't he bring it as Bikurim? So this speaks to the nature of Bikurim, as we alluded to a little bit back in the introduction, that the Bikurim is really an acknowledgement and celebration of the whole story of the Jewish people and the promise Hashem made back to the Avos before they even came to Israel, the promise that Hashem would ultimately bring the Kalah Israel into Eretz Israel and they would have the land and it would produce fruit, it would be a land flung in milk and honey, and they would be, in, be able to enjoy the fruits of, uh, of the land and of the labors. So Bikurim is much more than just a celebration of the crop. It's the coming to fruition, again, quite literally, of the dream of living in Eretz Yisrael. And that being the case, if anywhere along the history of that dream it's tainted by theft, so it's sort of blasphemous um, to say thank you, Hashem, for allowing us to see the fulfillment of a dream, when certainly Hashem did not envision a dream where thieves would be stealing other people's plants and enjoying the benefits of it. Hashem's vision was that the land of Israel would be um, a forum for the paradigmatic just society, um, one which would be like an orlegoim and teach teach the world um, just how how a nation and a, and a society should function. So certainly, therefore, it would be counterproductive and sort of fly in the face of the spirit of Bikurim to bring Bikurim from stolen property or stolen produce. Therefore, it's certainly disallowed even where everywhere else in the Torah, a shinui would allow um, the transformation of the object to sort of let its past history be forgotten in the context of whether it's considered to be stolen here in the context of Bikurim, um, the history is all important, and therefore it's certainly not forgotten. And one who steals even a branch and plants it could not bring the fruit from that branch as Bikurim.